Hey, LifeBridge, we are recording a quick conversation um, just because the, the world is a little crazy right now. And we, um, one of the things that we, a challenge that we often have as pastors is we don't always want to take Sunday morning and put our, our plans and our sermon and our worship, we, want, we don't want to put all that on ice every time um, there's a current event that, um, that comes up. And so we don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it on Sunday morning. And so what we're doing is because we do feel like we want to address it, and we know that all of us are kind of uh, navigating what's going on in the world right now, so we want to um, spend a few minutes on it, and, and we hope that it's helpful for you as you're processing through this. So we are talking about um, the events of the last couple of days at the Capitol regarding the election, and we are trying to look at that through a Christian lens, and how should we be responding to it? How should we be processing it? And so, John... Um, why don't we just start by just kind of talk a little bit about your gut, you know, what you've been over the last couple of days, what you've been sort of experiencing. Yeah. So yesterday it kind of ended up dominating a lot of my attention. Um, first time I've turned on C-SPAN, <laughs> maybe ever. Um, and just to get a, get a gauge of what was going on. Um, obviously sad, like just sadness kind of, it was the predominant, Emotion, I think, watching all of this unfold, sadness at the just depravity of humanity, to use the pastor's language, and how how people um, are just so angry, and there's just it's just so much there. But probably most sad when uh, watching C-SPAN, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of like Jesus signs in the crowd. Um, one one image captured somebody walking by with a sign that said, Jesus is my savior. Trump is my president. Mm -hmm. And then in the very next scene, somebody runs up to the camera with a a little homemade sign that says something along the lines of, we need a miracle with a Bible verse on it. Um, And as I was watching this and then knowing that people are storming the Capitol, um, a lady was being shot. People are um, rioting, destroying public mm-hmm. property, all of this stuff. And some of the hatred that people were spewing like, into um, mics and cameras and all of that. What, what does Jesus think about all this? Like, what, mm-hmm. what would Jesus say? What was his heart watching all of this unfold and, and his name being brought into all of this? That was, that was my initial reaction was just sadness at all of that. I think about you, you talked about this recently, um, the idea of when we read the the Ten Commandments, it says, "Don't take the Lord's name in vain," mm-hmm. and that's not really talking about swearing, right? right? What it is about is about how how do we carry the Lord's name? How do we how do we carry that name as people of God? Right. And so we look at what's been happening, and we look at what happened yesterday, and that is to us, I would say, that's a textbook example of carrying the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that that's really saddening. Like that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard to watch. It's hard to see. And that should that should not be something that we're okay with as Christians. Right. That's breaking God's commandment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was. I mean, my thoughts were very similar. Like it's it's really saddening. It's um, and honestly, what I keep coming back to is it saddens me how how deceived people are. Right. 
and I think as best as um, as as I could tell from what I was reading and and the evidence that's there right now, um, this was not a this isn't a both sides moment. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a there were bad actors on both sides. This wasn't a you know um, Antifa false flag thing. Right. All of that stuff. It doesn't look like that's reality. Right. Um, and so I don't think this is a time for us to, in a defensive posture, do the both sides thing, do the whataboutism thing, yeah. do the if the media covered things fairly thing, right. do the what do you expect when it, this is not the moment for that. No. Um, and I think that is where I started was just like, we got it. We have to cut through that stuff. Mm-hmm. And w- most honestly, most evangelical Christians right now, they want to latch onto that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that. We right. have to right. cling to truth and reality of what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And that is, there's a little bit of, I'm sure there's a little bit of media bias happening. Of course, there always is. The core of what's happening right now, the real story is not the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. The real story is not the spin. The real story is what happened at the Capitol who was doing it, who was perpetrating it, and whose name they were doing it in. Exactly. I think it was Russell Moore's article that he wrote in the Gospel Coalition um, where he basically says, Christians, we need to be people of the truth. And he went through a long list of things that, um, you know, the truth, (laughs) we live in a world now where alternative facts is a word, right? Um, And the truth is kind of a, a slippery thing for a lot of people to Mm -hmm. come to and, I get it. We can have differences of opinion on a lot of stuff. But to make some of the assertions that created the anger and the vitriol of that mob, for example, the just the assertion that the election was stolen, mm-hmm. like, things like that. Like we need evidence for these things. Like we need to be able to state the truth and state it definitively and say things like Joe Biden won the election. Right. Um we need to we need to say those things. It's fair to say, I mean, maybe, maybe like early in November, it was fair to say, you know, there's some things happening. Let's let this process play Wait out. And see. That process has played out. Correct. Um, every court that has, that has reviewed the cases and the lawsuits brought to them and they've thrown them out. Like there, there isn't any, there isn't any validity. There isn't any evidence to these claims. So we need to be able to state the truth and state what has happened and, and operate based on true principles. Um, so as Christians, I think that is important for us to state the truth, even though it can be, it can be a difficult thing, but I think there's some more, I mean, besides the, besides the uh, differences of information that we're, we're, we're battling with or sources that we're disagreeing on, there's some deeper things going on here, especially in the church, in right. the evangelical church. And in, 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 in churches like ours. Um, so we, we've talked about this a little bit before we started recording here. So what, mm-hmm. what are some of those things that we were talking about? Character being the main one. Yeah, I think the, the thing that we wanted to focus in for the purpose of this conversation is I, I, this is not a moment to like hammer on people who voted for Trump. Our goal isn't to hammer on, um, you know, even people who, who believe some of the stuff about the election results, which we, we don't see any real credibility to any of that. But um, what we want to, I think, really focus on is what we think is important for the American Evangelical Church, which is our church, 
Um, now, sometimes we avoid the term evangelical and because it's, it means a lot of things and it's come to mean something different that doesn't really represent our values, we would say. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's, it's our church. Yep. And, and what we have been coming to terms with, you and I have been coming to terms with this for a number of years, mm-hmm. and we, <laughs> we, we are trying to lead others to come to terms with it too, and this is what the American Evangelical Church needs to come to terms with, I think, is the simple, hard truth that we have a massive character problem. Mm-hmm. The Evangelical Christian Church of America has a massive character problem. It didn't start with Donald Trump. It's not going to end with Donald Trump. Um, we have other gods. We have other idols. We take the Lord's name in vain, like I talked about a little bit. We, when we have power, we wield it. Mm-hmm. When, when we don't have power, we try to weaponize grace and say, hey. When we have power, we don't wield it for the benefit of others. We can wield it for our own our own benefit, our own ends, and our own measures, and then we couch that in uh, we couch that in theological, spiritual language of saying we're taking God's principles and applying them to our society, but perhaps in a way that God wouldn't approve of. It's the classic, it's the classic, the ends justify the means argument, right? That we're applying to politics, and as Christians, we can't do that. I think there's been a lot of Christians over the over the last four years who have basically said, "I'm just in it for the policies." Right? Mm-hmm. right, and I think we're in a moment right now where we're seeing that character matters more than that, and so we're seeing a lot of destruction. Um, we, we're seeing a Republican Party that has gone backwards, and it's not really because of policies; mm-hmm. it's because of character. Mm-hmm. And in the church, we can point to examples of the same thing. We talk about the different um, we talk about the different mega church pastors, for instance, or or high profile evangelical leaders. Uh, over the last handful of years, um, who have who have um, been found out for moral failings, and in many cases, the um, once they're found out, you know, there's some there's some element of cover up. There's some level of minimizing. Um, I know, I know that we have a bad character problem when I log on to Twitter, and I see the name of someone that I respect trending, and my heart sinks. Mm-hmm. My first instinct isn't, oh, what great thing did they do today that they're trying? No. And it's not just because the world's got it out for Christians. Right. It's because our leaders, the leaders of our thing, the American Evangelical Church, drop like flies. Mm-hmm. And they have for a long time. It's hard for me when there's when there's this attitude of like, who could have seen who could have seen this coming with this Christian music artist, with this Christian comedian, with this megachurch pastor with this political candidate who could have seen this coming. And I'm not saying I always see it coming. That's not what I'm here to say. What I am saying is why, why don't we see it coming? Right. Um, because it continues to repeat itself. And I don't think it's, it's not, it's not a bad apples situation, a few bad apples. I think what, what it really comes down to is we have a character problem. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what, what I mean by that is, the followers, the, the people who aren't at the top of this movement of evangelical Christianity have a character problem. And so we don't expect it out of our leaders. It's not at the top of the list of things we expect. It's below some other things like policies, effectiveness. Can they grow a church? Say what you want about how that guy treats his employees, but he can sure preach a sermon. Mm-hmm. Those attitudes 
point to a big problem in our own hearts. Yep. Sure does. And there's, um, we're, we're people who believe in sinful nature, total depravity. You know, we, we believe, we believe in this stuff. And then we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we find salvation in Christ, he begins to change us to have more of his character and more of his likeness to become more like him. And, and we, we know the signs to look for in somebody's character transformation. Um, but I think we just tend to undervalue that and value. Uh, it's so easy to value production or to value the accomplishment of goals or whatever over character. But character has to be the basis. Again, we can't preach on this a while ago. We, can't, we cannot accomplish the ends of Christ without following the means of Christ. Right. I mean, we can't. We can't bring his kingdom. We can't even do good things that we think will be good by doing evil. Right. Like we don't, we don't overcome evil with evil, as Paul says. We, right. we overcome evil with good. Right. Um, and that's who we need to be. I think there's this attitude that the stakes are too high to be like bogged down with character concerns right now. Right. And so that's for the leader of your movement right? Mm -hmm. It's for the, I mean, we could say that about Robbie Zacharias Ministries right now. Mm -hmm. There's probably moments where the stakes felt too high to, to do the right thing in any given moment where they said, you know, and that's like, and if you guys don't know this for, for John and I, that's one of the, that one is a punch in the gut for us. Mm -hmm. That one hurt. Um, That one hurt. A lot of them hurt, Mm -hmm. but we have to rethink that. We cannot take the approach that the stakes are too high because I'm willing to believe the worst about fill in the blank. So the stakes are too high to worry about character right now. Mm-hmm. If we do that, our church is going to die. Right. It's not even, it's, there's no question. There's, there's not, there's no question where that road leads. Mm-hmm. It leads to the death of our church. It leads to our kids rejecting the church. Mm-hmm. It leads to people calling us hypocrites and being right. That's where, it, that's where it's going. And, we need to honestly self-reflect and we need to reverse course. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is, it's not, I'm not against a call to unity right now. Unity is a good thing. Unity is something we're called to in scripture, but a calling for unity in the church without an honest self-reflection of where we're at and why we don't have unity is it's thin. Mm-hmm. It's empty. Right? Um, should we be pursuing unity? Yes. Should we be praying? Yes. But we also need to own the moment that we're in. We've made a lot of mistakes. We are not crushing it right now. <laughs> we are not. We need to own that and say, okay, God, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Yep, and we need to repent and we need to do better. Right. We need to learn our lesson. Like, don't, don't keep coming back here. Um, as you were saying that the, the stakes seem so high. Um, even yesterday I was listening to, I was listening to stuff, reading stuff. And, and I kept, kept coming across the same narrative over and over again of, of people saying how, um, they were driven here by the other side. So they just like point the yep. finger at the left and say, Antifa, the left, they, they drove us here. Right. Um, and, because we're afraid of losing our country, right? Which is a, a narrative based in fear, and right. it's hyperbolic. That right. 
we shouldn't buy into this, right? Losing our country, what's going to happen? What do we think? That America is just going to cease to exist? Like, I don't know. And even, I would say, even if, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, even no. if it is, there is something we should fear more than right. losing our country. Exactly. And that's losing our soul. Yep. And that's what will happen yep. if we decide that that our country is more important. Exactly. And, and losing our way of life. We will lose our soul. Mm-hmm. In, in our effort to gain the world, yep. we will forfeit our soul. Mm-hmm. And that is the trajectory. I'm not saying we're there. Right. That is the current trajectory and direction of the American Evangelical Church. And this is where our faith really, the rubber meets the road for our faith, where it becomes less theoretical <laughs> and more practical. Like If our hope, if our trust really is in God, and if we are fearing God, ultimately, as Scripture calls us to, then... Fearing whatever it is, whatever it is we're afraid of, the loss of certain laws in our country, rights, privileges, whatever it is, like we'll be able to weather those and maintain our character. Right. Because ultimately we fear and trust God more than we more than we fear the loss of those things, or more than we fear the loss of our of of yeah. The loss of our soul is so much more important. And we cannot lose who we are in the midst of even concerns about where we might be ten years down the road. Right, because I, I, the line in Lord of the Rings always comes to mind when I think about this stuff of Gandalf saying, "Even the very wise do, cannot know all ends." Right, or I forget, I'm, I'm butchered that line, um, but we don't know where these things are going. Right, like we we don't know what's going to happen in five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Who could have foreseen twenty twenty even right. in twenty fifteen? <laughs> Nobody had a clue this was coming. So it it is upon us to do the right thing and not lose our character. Right. No matter the potential outcomes or consequences or whatever we might foresee coming. That's why we, we tell the truth. That is why we are honest. That's why we do the right thing in business, in home life, whatever, because it's the right thing to do. So we have to maintain our, our character, our soul in and trust in God. We're, uh, you, you quoted Romans 12 before. Um, you said, talked about not repaying evil for evil. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Romans 12 in church right now. And I want to just reread the verse that we've been actually focusing on in our audio devotional this week and in the sermon on Sunday. Romans 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And when... One of the things I dialed I dialed in on a little bit, and I want to just mention here, is that the pattern of the evangelical Christian world right now is what we are what we are experiencing, mm-hmm. which is we prioritize effectiveness in some form over character from a politician, from a pastor, from whoever. We prioritize effectiveness. Or what brings the what brings delivers the things that we want over character, and then when it when it goes poorly, we're somehow surprised by it. Um, that is a pattern that we have. Yep. And if I keep reading that verse, talk about transform. If we renew our minds, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think we don't we don't have a very good instinct and sense right now for the, the will of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's very easy for us to get into a place where we're carrying a flag that says 
Jesus saves or God and Trump or whatever it says into the Capitol building chanting stop to steal. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to get there because we, we, as the world that we're a part of, we need renewal. We really do. Yeah. And we, we do not have the best sense for the will of God all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd also say just really quickly, it, this is not how we don't, we're not reveling in this conversation at all. We're not trying to dunk on anyone. We're not trying to, I told you so anyone. That's not our goal. Um, but also, we believe in leading out of weakness and authenticity. And there is an instinct amongst Christians, again, part of the same culture, to always lead from a position of strength mm-hmm. and to not never admit defeat Never, uh, never, you know, say like, hey, we got this thing wrong or whatever it is. And this is not a moment for that. This is a moment for weakness because we're not, we are not strong right now. Yeah, it's revealed a lot of things. Um, the other, like the other narrative that I keep hearing too is, is on how we have to fight fire with fire. Like, if if we're losing our country, we have to like kind of fight back, right? And dude, just like as you mentioned, that I opened to, to Romans twelve and just started reading a little bit. Um, we're going to be in Romans thirteen next week, and just a couple of things that Paul says here, right? Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. He says, uh, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Then he says, don't ever take avenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Contra- to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. You know, uh, And then in, in Romans 13, 1, he says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. This is all, I don't mean to preach a sermon here, um, but this is all what it means to have a, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, is to think about how we engage in the public s- square with this mentality. That's why we're going through Romans right now. How do we, how do we engage with one another? in among us in relationships and how do we engage with our community and with our in the political sphere in a faithful biblical way mm-hmm. that is following the way of Jesus and and represents that our mind uh, that we have a renewed mind and our life has been transformed and and again it start it has to start with us giving ourselves presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to God and then Oh man. Okay. I'm, I'm getting preachy. Yeah. Don't preach. Don't preach. This is, this is turning into a sermon. I'll stop. Um, but I'll, I'll preach on Sunday. The last thing I want to say is we are not going to reconcile. We are not going to find unity. We are not going to heal divides with anybody without repentance. I, I can't wrong my wife and truly reconcile without ever acknowledging what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. And that's sometimes what I feel like people are asking for, is you're saying, we need to be done with this division. We need to unite. But also, like, the media was very unfair or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's the, same as in a, in, is this, it's the same as in a relationship. If you're not willing to acknowledge what you did wrong, if you're not willing to confess what you did wrong, if you're not willing to repent, you will not find reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You will not find unity. You will not heal division. Yep. And so 
we are in that moment. Are we willing to acknowledge? Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we willing to swallow some hard pills, to hear some hard truths, to do some honest self-reflection and acknowledge where we are at? And get back to character matters. Again, following the way of Jesus, not a, trying to accomplish the ends of the kingdom without following the means of Jesus and doing what he called us to. Um, this whole thing has reminded me of John Piper's article. I think he wrote it back in October before the, uh, before the election about how important character really is. And he, I don't remember all of it, and I'm not going to pull it up and read it, but his main, his main argument is that character flaws are toxic to right. a society, and they will pollute our culture. And we see this in the evangelical church of just not valuing character and doing what's right. We have to get back to that. We have to get back to people who are courageous, people who are bold, and will do the right thing, even if it doesn't seem like it'll bring the outcome that we want or desire. Right. Um, Because it's the right thing to do, and we have to follow the way of Jesus. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, oh my gosh, it it should convict us. We shouldn't read that and think about other people and how they aren't following this, we should read that and hold it up to ourselves. Right. I think we, we, really lose, we really lose sight of the power of Scripture when we don't read it. We read it for ourselves instead of against ourselves. Right. We have to do that. We have to read Scripture with a lens towards repentance, towards recognizing our own fallen, sinful nature, and, and, and trusting in Jesus to heal us and trusting that His grace and forgiveness is for us as well as others. Right. Loving our enemy and doing all these hard things that the gospel calls us to do to bring these little pockets of the kingdom here uh, to Burlington, to our places of work, to our, our families. Like this is, it's such a beautiful picture, but we have to commit to it and we have to live it. Yep. And um, before you, if you're listening to this um, and you don't like, you don't like the feeling in your gut that might, that might be because we're wrong about something and we haven't seen the article that you're going to send us or whatever, or it might be because um, we shouldn't we shouldn't have a good feeling in our gut right now. It might be that. It might be guilt that is warranted, <laughs> you know. And so, so yeah. Please, please, when you when you listen to this, we, this is not. This is not designed to attack anybody with any specific views politically. This is designed to hopefully lead our church and other churches like ours. Um, Not that we assume anyone else is going to listen to this, but we think that churches like ours and our church need to be in a, in a very, a very humble place right now. And um, so please, before you, before you refute, before you assume we haven't seen what you've seen, um, certain facts or whatever, you might be right, but please start from a place of honest self-reflection around these ideas, um, and uh, and then see where that conversation takes you. Thanks for listening, everybody. If, again, if you want to talk more about this, just reach out to us. We're happy to have this conversation with you. Um, pray with us for our nation, for the church to remain faithful to Christ and to represent Christ well.